Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Matter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, we are already in week 17 of the podcast. We want to encourage you to invite your friends, post links on your social media, do all those things. And I want to say thank you to all of you that have already done that. Just keep it up and get the word out. You know, Pastor, the Bible is such an incredible book. It's supernatural, yet common enough that normal people like you and me can read it and understand it. And it's been adored and banned and forgotten on shelf somewhere, memorized, revered. Uh, but for it to mean anything to us, we've got to read, don't we? Mm, yeah, we do have to read the Bible and how we need to learn how to read the Bible well. But before we dive into that, Trey, let me ask you a question. Sure. So what's one thing, just one thing, not five things, not four things, three things, what's one thing that if you stopped doing today or started doing today, it would change your life? One thing would be, let's see, if I started, oh, how about this? I stopped eating sugar. If you stopped eating sugar, you like to eat sugar? I don't really, but I do. <laughs> it's not like a, a driving passion. You don't like to eat sugar, I had but a piece you do. of apple that pie last no night. Sense. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay, so if you stopped eating sugar, what would happen in your life? I'd probably lose 10 pounds immediately. Immediately. Yeah, so I was thinking about that, and, and, and Trey, I think one thing that would change my life if I stopped doing, be similar, if I stopped eating ice cream, mm. I really like it. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that. Yes. And, and, and I found a new flavor. What did you find? Bluebell ice cream, Christmas cookie flavor. Does it taste like Christmas cookies? Oh my cookies? goodness, it's like a Christmas party dancing away in your mouth. It is so, <laughs> so good. But, so are you going to stop? Are well, you going to start? Is, or what are so we going to do? The problem with this is, 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 is really twofold. So when we find a new flavor that we like, right? So our, our brand is Bluebell, and we really like the Mardi Gras flavor. And so when we, when we went on that obsession with Mardi Gras flavor, it was like every grocery store we went to, we look for it, right? Mm -hmm. And then when we found it, we would buy, you know, five or six cartons at a time. And then at seven bucks a pop, that got real expensive real wow, fast, yeah. right? And so now we're on this obsession again to find Christmas cookie <laughs> ice cream. And so, you know, I mean, it's seven bucks a pop and, and you're trying to buy five at a time. It, so it would help me financially if I kick the habit. So number one is financially. It would help me financially. And two, I mean, I'm eating ice cream every day. So that's just go. not good for me. I mean, I run like a crazy man. So, but if I stop running, I mean, I'm just in trouble. You'd balloon up. I would balloon up. And so, so health wise, I know that I, I need to kick, at least be, you know, have more moderation, which I have none of when it comes to ice cream. <laughs> and so I know if I stopped eating ice cream today, it would uh, help my pocketbook, right? Help my wallet. And it would also help, um, help me to be, be a little bit healthier. But the problem is I just don't want to stop. I know I've been there. I mean, there's, there's lots of things I bet that if we thought about, there are lots of things we could start and stop that would make our lives better. But the problem is we just don't want to start doing them or we don't want to stop doing it. And we give all kinds of excuses. It might be a financial reason, it might be a time reason, whatever the case may be. But it, it is difficult, isn't it? It mm -hmm. is difficult to stop bad habits and it's difficult to start new habits. It's, you know, I've heard this, you know, the 90 day rule, if you'll mm -hmm. do it 90 days or not do it 90 days, 
the impact that it'll have on you. Right. So I ate ice cream 90 days in a row and I've got this and you're done. I can't kick. It's a, right? it's a, so now you got to do it without, not, without yeah, for 90 that's days. That's just not happening. That's just not happening. <laughs> I don't want to do it. So, so, but when you think about reading the Bible, it's, it's kind of that same idea. I mean, I think if, 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 if I could name one thing for a follower of Jesus to do that if they started doing today and made it a habit, it would absolutely change their lives. I agree. It'd be reading the scripture, right? Yes. Because there's nothing that changes you and makes you more like Jesus than just reading scripture on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It really does. And and I think we all know that, and I think we would agree with that. But the reality is, is many of us struggle with that. We don't want to make the time for it. We don't want to, you know, start the habit for whatever reason. And so we know it will change us, but we just don't do it. We don't have the consistency to do it. You know, we'll get in for a day or two, and then something will come up, and then that's the end, you know? Yeah, and so the result is is that we have churches full of Christians who don't know the Bible mm-hmm. that has the power to transform them. And then, since we don't know the Bible, we think things are in the Bible that aren't actually there at all. Oh, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, I've always said, you know, like the Bible tells us, cleanliness is next to godliness, right? In that, in the Bible, you know, and, oh. I'm, and I'm, I'm glad it's not <laughs> right? or, or uh. God helps those who helps themselves. Oh yeah. That's right there in uh book of additions, maybe. Yeah. Or? Maybe additions or, you know, the gospel according to Tommy or something, right? <laughs> I mean, so, so, or, or you, and this one we do here all the time. Uh, God will never put on you oh, more boy. than you can handle. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah. That, that scripture has always meant a lot to me. Where's it at? Uh, it's somewhere, it's somewhere, somewhere, in the, uh, somewhere in the New Testament, maybe. Yeah, so that's the problem. Since we don't know the Bible, we hear these sayings that sound really good, and someone says, yeah, that's in the Bible somewhere, but it's really not. And so, you know, I mean, if we would just take the time to actually read the book and find out what's there and make it a habit of reading it, it would might, it probably would, it would change our lives. It would. And, you know, the Bible even itself talks about the impact that the Word of God has. Yeah, yeah. Us. You think about Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is an incredible psalm. It's a long psalm, right? It's like 5,000 verses. But it's, it's, a, it's an incredible psalm because it's all about the value of mm-hmm. the Word of God in your life. And so Psalm 119, 105, for example, and it's not really a 1,000 verses, but it's a lot of verses. Psalm 119, 105 says this, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I can't think of anything better to have. Yeah. A and, lamp and a and light. And you and I, right, we, we've... As followers of Jesus, we've experienced that, haven't mm-hmm. we? We've oh, seen yeah. how the Word of God has shaped our lives, and not only shaped our lives, but guided our lives, given us so much wisdom and the ability to discern the will of God. It's been a lamp to our mm-hmm. feet and a light to our path. Exactly. Over and over again. Over and over again, right? And you think about another scripture, probably you know one of the most significant scriptures that talks about uh, the nature of scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, All scripture, not some, not most, not little, all scripture is breathed out by God. That's mm-hmm. a pretty huge statement, isn't it? Breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. If the word of God is what it says it is, then the impact that it makes on us is just, I don't even know how to measure it. You yeah, know? it's tremendous, tremendous. So, what we're we talking about today, Trey? We're talking about five ways to read your Bible well, and uh, the the one I always concentrate on first is when somebody says, "Well, I want to read my Bible," I always ask them, "Well, do you have a plan?" Do you so have a plan? We need to number one have a plan. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it's it doesn't get any more basic than that, does mm-hmm. it? We need to have a plan when it comes to Bible reading. So, Trey, what's your plan? I just open it and then I point my finger, and that's where I start reading. <laughs> 
How's that Ser- working for you? <laughs> not very good. No, but seriously, I, I, I right now I'm in the 90 day reading plan, okay. uh, New Testament plan, and uh, just finished Second Thessalonians this morning. But anyway, yeah. you know, just being at that consistent, uh, ongoing reading through the Scripture helps me immensely just yeah. to keep forward, moving forward. And the amazing thing is, and I want to encourage people with this, is that when you read the Word of God, it's not a one time shot. Right, right. Somebody right. says, "Well, I've read the Bible before." Okay. <laughs> read it again. <laughs> I've read it 40 times, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. whatever the number is. But the point is, is that, you know, it's an over and over it's again an over thing, isn't it? an over again yeah. thing, that's for sure. And and so here's what I, I do, because I, I, as I've been studying the Bible over the years, I've been learning about, you know, myself as well and what works for me and mm-hmm. what doesn't work for mm-hmm. me and what's most effective for my, my spiritual growth. And so I've found, like you, that what works best for me is to always have some kind of read through the Bible plan, mm-hmm. like read through the Bible in a year. That's super helpful for me, you know, three or four chapters a day, take time to reflect on it. What I was doing for a while, Trey, was I would read through the Bible over the course of the year, then take the next year and say, okay, I'm going to focus in on a couple books and just really study a couple right, books. Right. Like I'll study I've Romans this thing. year, mm-hmm. I'll study Matthew this year, whatever the case may be. What I found for me is that didn't work too well. Mm-hmm. Because I would start reading through that book, I'd get a couple commentaries or whatever the case may be, and, and I would just, I wasn't as faithful to it because I didn't have a real structured plan to mm-hmm. do it. You know what I'm saying? Something about, for me anyway, personally, reading through the Bible a year and having that daily reading of three or four chapters in a particular book, I mean, that has been super, super helpful for me. And so I've just kind of gotten the habit of just, of just now always mm-hmm. have a read through the Bible in a year type plan. Yeah, and I think when we do that, what you're talking about, we can get bogged down. Yeah. And the bog, the bog makes makes us slow down, and then the bog makes us so that we're not reading anymore. Right, right, you know, right, right. exactly. So exactly. it's uh, it's so important to consistency that we are able to just. And I will say this: there are sometimes I pick up the Bible and I read because I knew I know that I'm reading today. Yeah. And uh, sometimes in the middle of that, you always hear the supernatural things that happen. You know, uh, I didn't want to read the Bible today, but I did, and this happened. You know. Yeah. But there are. I mean, let's just be honest. There are times you just read the Bible because, you know, you, you need to that day. A lot of times you read the Bible because you just know you need to read it, yeah. right? I mean, and that's just the way it works. I mean, I think what we would like to happen is that every day when we get up and we get in Scripture and we read through that Scripture, we would like to say, man, God just really met with me today and spoke to me. I heard him so clearly this morning in my time with the Lord. That just doesn't happen every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, and I think as we read, don't you think it's building some uh, background information? Yeah, in us? for sure. So for sure. So so here's what I do know. Yeah. That that as you and I make the habit and, and and follow a plan and read through the Bible every day, we might not audibly hear the voice of God. We might not even you know spiritually speaking hear the voice of God every day while we're reading. There are gonna be some days, and I can tell you from my own experience, right? Where you're just trying to get through Leviticus and you're like, what in the world am I reading, right? I mean, that's just the yes. way it works. But 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 if you don't read every day, you won't hear from God mm-hmm. at all. That's exactly right. So at least when I'm reading every day, even on those days that that you know maybe is just difficult to read or my mind's just not there or whatever the case may be, even though just by being in the word every day, I'm at least at the very minimum putting myself in a position exactly. to hear from That's God. That's what I say. And if I don't put myself in that position, I'll never hear from him, right? Yeah. You know, so what is a plan that, that 
Do you have any uh, suggestions, maybe? So my suggestion would be to download the app on your phone, Uversion. Mm-hmm. You familiar with that, right? Yes, So yes. that Uversion app on your phone, your iPad, is just super helpful because uh, you can find all kinds of reading plans. I typically find one of the read through the Bible in a year plans. Uh, sometimes it's read through the whole Bible and just kind of go through it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. There are some plans where you read you know, a little bit of the Old Testament and a little bit of the New Testament every day. There's some that are chronological. Mm-hmm. In other words, it tries to lay it out in a way that you're actually reading through uh, as, as it happen time period wise and and so there are all kinds of, of of plans and then the good thing about you version is you can kind of check it off as you read it and yeah. have a digital um you can set reminders keep, and it keeps track of it yeah i was gonna say it'll push you forward too it'll yeah, say yeah. it's time to read your bible right you know? so that's been super super helpful for me i really recommend just getting that you version app it's free it doesn't cost you a thing um i, I try to read through various translations mm-hmm. one year i'll read the you know english standard next year i'll read the new living translation mm-hmm. that's been helpful and all that's right there on that app mm-hmm well, what about setting the time? How is it important? What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I know for me, I mean, I, again, part of it's personality, and I get that, but I'm, I'm a creature of habit, habit, and so having that time every day where I just, okay, I'm up by 530, I'm in mm-hmm. the Word by 545, my cup of coffee, and, right. you know, by 615, I've, I've read, I've prayed, and I'm heading out the door to go run for the morning. You know, just having that, that consistent routine has been super helpful for me. You know, I know f- I have friends that do it before they go to bed. I've always been the person that I'll says— I'll fall asleep. Yeah, well, it's not only that, I'm, 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 I'm tired. I'm not getting as much out of it. Right. The mornings, I'm sharp. Yep, me you too. Know, me and too. I like to do it first That's thing. That's exactly right. Um, well, we need to have a plan— um, I think that's, that's so important. Um, but also, what what about the kind of Bible we use? Maybe we need to talk about getting a good study Bible. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the reality is, is that when you read through Scripture, uh, you're going to come across a lot of things that you don't understand. But not mm-hmm. only things you don't understand, but it's just super helpful mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to be a student of Scripture and to know who wrote the particular book you're reading, why they wrote it, something about the context, something about the, the, the people that you know the author was writing to. I mean, those things that, that help us understand the context of Scripture help us to understand the Scripture itself. And that's what a good study Bible does. A good study Bible is going to give you some introduction material. A good study Bible is going to get you some notes down at the bottom of the page. So if you read a verse, like, I don't have a clue what that means. That good study Bible is going to give you an idea of, of what that text means. And so uh, a good study Bible is also give you some other resources, maps, uh, a good concordance in the back of it. So uh, some reference notes, a good study Bible is just super helpful to enhance your understanding of scripture. So on those days that you are reading through Leviticus, you can make a little bit of sense mm-hmm. of it, or you're reading through the prophets. I mean, the prophets are so challenging to read yes, sometimes. Having a good study Bible is going to help you to understand how it connects to everything else. So yeah, a good study Bible, I think is just hugely important. I remember when I was in college, I, my parents bought me for Christmas, my first the study Bible. It was you might know the study Bible tray. It was the Ryrie study Bible. You remember that? I have one. Yeah, I yeah. still have it too. And so, uh, I, but that changed my life, man, because I never had a study Bible. And then I had this study Bible that had notes at the bottom of it and it had introductory material. It really enhanced my understanding of Scripture, and it really made me want to read the Bible more because mm-hmm. I, I had some help. Exactly. And I will also say this: that sometimes a good study Bible has corrected me. I said, well, I think this verse is saying, and I look down, and I can't find anything. I said, well, I'm probably off on that one. That's exactly (laughs) right. Now, understanding that a study Bible, with all those notes, the notes aren't the inspired Word of God. The Scripture itself is the inspired Word of God. But those notes in the Bible are written by people that are, are, you know, studying Scripture, are smart, whatever the case may be, Bible scholars. And so it's certainly helpful but those notes necessarily might not always get it right either. Yeah. But it does give you an idea, okay, this is probably what this scripture is talking about and those kinds of things. And I, I've always told people 
not to do a personality driven study right. Bible. So I know about- we said Ryrie study Bible, yeah. but I, I really don't think his was as personality driven as some of these new ones are. Yeah, yeah. So when we say personality driven, we're talking about study Bibles that are written by a singular author, mm-hmm. right? So for example, and they're not bad. Uh, you think about the David Jeremiah study yeah, Bible yeah. or the John MacArthur is a really popular one. Yeah. John MacArthur study Bible. And there are a host of other study Bibles written by popular pastors. Swindoll has one. Swindoll, whatever the case may be. They're not bad at all. I mean, I, I respect every one of those uh, those gentlemen. I respect Charles Ryrie and really gained a lot from his study Bible. But there's something about having a study Bible that is written by a group of authors mm-hmm. that are, are, are experts in a particular book or a particular genre of scripture. And you, you, I think you get a, a, a better um, understanding of Scripture from a study Bible that's written by a team of people rather than just a singular author. So what would that be? What Give us so an example. I, I think there are two that are really outstanding, and I use both of them. Mm-hmm. One is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. That's mm-hmm. a newer one came out a few years ago. I really like it. It's a good study Bible. My absolute favorite and the one that I recommend to everybody is is the English Standard Version Study mm-hmm. Bible. It is absolutely phenomenal. It gives you great introductions. The notes are, are, are pretty solid, and there's a lot of other resources in that study Bible that I think are just super helpful. So those would be the two I would recommend. And the ESV, I think, you know, by far is the mm-hmm. best study Bible on the market. You'll really gain a lot just from, from reading through uh, that study Bible. And I think it's it's much easier to get hold of the ESV Study Bible as well. Yeah, and than... in fact, if you're a member of Northwood, we have them. We have them yeah. at our, our Connections uh, booth in, in the uh, lobby of our worship center for I think like 25 bucks you can grab one if you don't have one but it's just a super helpful resource exactly so we have a plan we get a good study bible and then I guess we really need to know how the bible works too right you said Trey that your favorite method of reading through the bible is opening it up and letting your finger fall where it may and that's where you read right <laughs> yeah that's it yeah but the bible doesn't work that way <laughs> no, does it, it does and so, not. so in, a, in, a, in a sense I mean just reality is is we have a <clears throat> tendency to view the bible as a magical book mm. Right. That that I, I'm going through a problem right now. You know, my marriage is a mess or I'm, I'm struggling with, you know, some financial things. My kids are rebelling, whatever the, the issue might be. And so I need to hear from God. So I'm mm-hmm. going to open up the Bible. I'm going to let my finger fall where it may. And wherever my finger falls, that's my word for the day. That's God speaking into my particular problem. And it just doesn't work that way. The Bible is not a magic book where you open it up and let your finger fall. And man, there it is. There's God's word for you today. <laughs> exactly. Go out and hang yourself. You know, that right. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't read about (laughs) Judas. Exactly right. So. So. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Nor is it a science book. Right. Oh yeah. And so I think we get hung up here because you know you've got, for example, Genesis one and two and three that talk about the creation of the world and the six days, and and so we get so hung up on those things. And there's truth there. And when Scripture speaks to matters of science, we believe it's God's word and what God has said is truth. But the goal of the Bible isn't to teach us science nor is the goal of the Bible to teach us history. Mm. We believe that the Bible is historically accurate, right? That when the Bible describes the events that happened in Genesis, they happened as the Bible says. Mm -hmm. We're studying Acts on a Sunday morning right now. If we did not have the book of Acts, we would not know what happened in the early church. And so we believe that it's historically accurate, that it gives us a picture of what happened after the ascension of Jesus among the apostles as they established the the church. And so it's historically accurate, but the, 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 overall goal of scripture is not to teach us science and Mm. it's not to teach us history. 
And it certainly isn't a magic book where you open it up and just hope that whatever you read, that's going to speak into your situation. Uh, God has a very specific goal in, in giving us his word, and his goal is to show us his plan of redemption, to lead us into a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we believe, don't we, Trey, that yeah. every book of the Bible is connected, and every book of the Bible, it tells a singular story, how God is at work in his, in his world, in the lives of people, ultimately through Jesus Christ to bring people into a relationship with himself. Exactly. And I think we, we do need to mention about the relevance issue. Uh, you know, it's not just an ancient book. Right. It, it is an ancient book, but uh, it, it applies to our lives today. Right. So that's another way that we oftentimes think of the Bible. It's just an ancient book that means nothing for me because after all, it was written thousands of years ago. What good is it going to do for me now? But we know from experience that the Bible is alive and active, right? That we've exactly. seen that in our own lives. And so just understanding how the Bible works, I think, is really helpful. And so when you, when you have that systematic plan of reading through Scripture and you're using a good study Bible and then understanding that what God is accomplishing through His Word, He's bringing you into a greater relationship with himself through Jesus Christ, that, that that's the goal, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people see the Bible as this disjointed book that's kind of thrown together, and we just kind of go from here to there. But, you know, there is a centrality to the yeah, Word of God. Yeah, yeah. It's the gospel story, I believe, from Genesis to yeah. Revelation, you know, that every page drips the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that right. we have right. this this impact of the and and the one thing I appreciate about your preaching is that you always bring out the impact of the gospel mm, in that mm. passage. Whether you're preaching Old Testament, New Testament, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Because it does that. What's amazing to me, and I know it is to you, Trey, that 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 when you actually read through the Bible and see how it's all connected, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's life changing because you think about it, the Bible is lots of different books, we call them, right? 66 different, 66 different books written over the course of 1,500 years by, you know, 40 different authors. Mm. It's amazing that when you think of that many different books written over that length of time that they tell the same story, mm-hmm. the story of redemption. I mean, it's amazing how God has worked through his scripture to show us a singular story of his plan to save us through Jesus Christ. Amen. So if we're going to do this, let's talk about it again. They need a plan. they got to have a good study Bible. They need to understand how the Bible works. And then there are some basic rules, though, to reading the Bible, yeah, are they not? That's right. Again, we're not opening the Bible and just letting our finger fall on a particular passage. There are some rules that we need to think through when we're reading the Bible. And, and you know, the, the, the seminary word we use is called hermeneutics, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's the science of studying the Bible well. And so really— there are, are, are just three basic rules that are helpful that when you read through Scripture to kind of think through as you're reading. One is is the rule of observation. When you're looking at a text, if you're looking at Genesis 1, mm-hmm. what, what do you see? What sticks out to you? What jumps off the page, mm-hmm. if, if, if you will? Um, and if you're reading uh, uh, Genesis 1, what are some, some key words that maybe you want to do a little research on and see what those words mean? Uh, so it's just kind of observing the text, reading the text with your eyes wide open to see what jumps out you out at you, to see what uh, sticks out on the page. Because as you observe those things, what you observe is going to help you to interpret the text. Exactly. And so, yeah. so the rule of interpretation, observation, what do you see? Interpretation is simply what does it mean? And so, so it's not what does it mean to you, because it doesn't matter what it means to you, right? What matters is what does the text mean? We believe that, that Bible text passages that we study, they have singular meanings, right? That the authors of Scripture, they were trying to teach us, you know, an idea, a dominant theme, or whatever the case may be. And so what does it mean, right? And so as you're observing the text, you're, you're seeing what's there, and you're asking the question, what does it mean? You know, what is Philippians chapter 1? What does it mean? What was Paul trying to get across? In Genesis chapter 1, what was... 
Moses trying to communicate as he tells us the story of creation. So there's a meaning there, a central meaning of that passage mm-hmm. that you're trying to ascertain as you read through that scripture, right? Yeah. So what do you mean? What? So you can't say what it means to me. I mean, why is why would that be a uh, maybe not a bad thing? But why is that probably right, because there are secondary? Not, right. There are not multiple interpretations of scripture. Mm-hmm. We we believe that that you know that that when Moses wrote again Genesis one for example, there was a singular meaning that he was trying to get his readers to understand. Mm-hmm. And so it certainly has meaning for us. We're not saying that it doesn't have meaning for Mm -hmm. us, but we want to discover the meaning of the passage because the meaning of the passage is what's going to impact your life. If we just ask the question, what does it mean to me? Well, what it means to me could be completely different than what it means to you or somebody else. And before you know it, we've got all kinds of interpretations and we don't really understand or know what the Bible actually is saying, what it really means. And so trying to get to the heart of what that author is saying in Scripture is just so important. And so that's why proper interpretation is so important. That's exactly. Exactly right. And again, that's where the tools are going to help you, right? The systematic plan, having a good study Bible, asking questions mm-hmm. of observation, what, what do I see and how does it help me to understand what the passage means? All those tools are really helpful. And so there may be a singular interpretation, but then we're, I guess where it really begins to impact us is the application part, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So you've got the rule of observation, the rule of um, interpretation, and then the rule of application. When you understand what the scripture means in its context, then you're able to apply it well, right? When we say application, it's simply, what do I do in response to what this passage is saying, right? So you think about Genesis chapter 1, and Moses is talking about the creation of the universe by God, and really in that particular passage, I think Moses is showing us, man, there is there is one God, not mm-hmm. many gods, there is one God. And so in Genesis 1, the obvious application is, man, there's one God, he gets my worship. Amen. He's the one I'm going to honor. He's, and that, so that's the application. Am I honoring the one true God? Am I living for this one God who made everything, right? And so, so you know, looking at each passage you're studying and then asking the question, how does this impact my life? Mm-hmm. What do I do? How, are there sins I need to confess, right? Are there steps of faith I need to take? Mm-hmm. Are there ways that I need to pray? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I need to do in light of what this particular passage is teaching me? That's application. Yeah, and so the basic, the, these basic rules are going to drive us to a life of obedience that's and a exactly life of right. love and that's a life exactly of worship right. for Christ. And yeah, so things. if we could get in the habit when we're reading Scripture just to you know, ask what, does it, what, what do I see, what does it mean, and what do I do, uh, that would be a good habit to get into, right? And so maybe even as you're reading through Scripture to have a, a little notebook, or I think you do that, right? You mm-hmm. kind of journal oh, yeah. through and I you're doing those do. things, right? Yeah. Oh, I've been journaling for years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very helpful. So, you know, th- and we've talked about a lot of personal um, Bible reading here. How important is it for us to, and I think this is number five, that we study in community as well? Absolutely, that we want to study in community because God has given his word right to us as individuals but he's given his word to the church his people collectively correct mm-hmm. and so just so important to come together and study the word together because we need the accountability we need the accountability of of of, of reading scripture and 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 those kind of things but we need the the accountability of reading scripture well and mm-hmm. coming together and saying okay i've got questions here what do you think i mean help us understand collectively what this passage means so we can interpret it well uh, so that each one of us understand exactly what God is saying to us. So studying in community, being a part of a a life connection group, a small group, uh, just being under the regular preaching of the Bible on a Sunday morning uh, where a a pastor is uh, what we call expositing the text, walking through a scripture is is just so important. We, We don't want to read scripture in isolation because if we read scripture in isolation all by ourselves, apart from a local church, then we're bound to get it wrong. And we can make 
make it say anything we want to. Exactly right. We can change the, you know, all kind of things we can do to make yeah. a, a single verse on our own do That's that. That's exactly right. Um, so in our church, we have life connection groups, and we design the life connection groups to make sure that the people are discussing what the Word of God means, not just to them. Right, uh, but what the word of God means. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, so, if they're in a Bible study, for instance, and the only question that people are asking is, "What does this mean to you?" Then, what do you think they should do? Find another Bible study. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, you're right? I mean, we're I mean, serious I mean, about kinda, that too. Yeah, serious about that. That you want to be in a Bible study, a small group that desire is to really get to the heart of the text, what the text means, and how to apply it well. You want to be in a good study group that does that. Amen. Well, uh, is there any other things that we need to do when we're studying the Bible? You know, uh, maybe, don't you think maybe books or yeah, other other men of God that have said things? things. To do. So one, obviously, and we didn't really talk about this a whole lot, but you want to study the Bible prayerfully, asking God to help mm. you to understand his word, praying through scripture as you read, God, help me to see what's here, how I need to apply it. All those things are very important. But yes, certainly there are lots of resources, a, a great resource, and we might have mentioned this on the podcast before. How to Study the Bible by Fian Stewart. Mm-hmm. It's just a great uh, little book to kind of give you an overview of, of hermeneutics and how to read through different That's genres of Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's a really good little book. But but again, just, you know, making sure that you are, you know, reading good resources, solid, conservative, uh, theologically different resources is just really helpful. And, and you know, here at Northwood, we can always, you know, point you to those kinds of resources. But, you know, there are lots of wise men and women who've gone before us who study Scripture that we can learn from, and so mm-hmm. we want to do that, right? Amen. Well, the Word of God impacts us, but, Pastor, you know, it only happens if we make it uh, that habit to That's read. Right. So uh, why don't you close us out as we... Uh, as we finish this up, number 17 up today. That's right. We hope that this has been helpful for you because we really want you to read the Bible well because we are convinced that this is one thing that could change your life. If you'll start reading the Bible regularly and read it well, you will see God grow you. And so we've just given you a few pointers, but we hope that this has been helpful for you. And, and as always, if this has helped you, why don't you go ahead right now and hit the subscribe button on your podcast uh, provider. That way you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And while you're doing that, why don't you take a moment as well to leave a review? Only a good review. We don't want bad reviews, do we, Trey? No, no bad We just want good reviews because your good reviews help us get word out about our podcast. So if you don't mind doing that, we'd appreciate it. And as always, we hope that this podcast today has helped you connect faith to life.